Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 17. Today, I'll be interviewing illustrator Andrew Kolb. Illustrator Andrew Kolb first gained attention with his illustrated version of David Bowie's Space Oddity. Since then, he has created illustrations for clients, including Chickadee Magazine, the Toronto Zoo, and Pixar. He is also the author of Edmund Unravels and the illustrator of All Aboard, Let's Ride a Train, and All Aboard, The Christmas Train. Visit Andrew's website at kolbisneat.com. So thank you so much for being here today, Andrew. Oh, thank you for having me. So I, the first question I has, uh, that I have is I just wanted to know about your background in art and how you became a children's book illustrator. Uh, oh, sure. Um, so I uh, studied or I went to school for graphic design like after high school um, and was in the industry for kind of a number of years, but always found that I gravitated towards the jobs or the projects that had an illustrative component. Um, so after a few years, I kind of transitioned away or pulled away from design exclusively and, and towards illustration. Um, and part of that was obviously wanting to get into picture books. Um, so uh, did a number of kind of like concept projects um, and just shared as much of my work as possible. Um, social media nowadays being very useful with that and and slowly transitioned into um, almost exclusively illustration. Obviously, I, I write now as well, but um, outside of the occasional book, most of my time is spent, yeah, is spent with illustration. So is that something you always wanted to do even when you were when you were young? Uh, I mean, like I always loved drawing, but um, I didn't, I mean, like when I went to school for design, I did not realize illustration was like a potential career option. So um, I don't think I consciously knew, but but I kind of always wanted to work towards it. Like I I always liked the design projects where I got to draw. So uh, I think I, I was destined to eventually switch or transition into illustration. So, so the next thing, the one thing I didn't mention in your bio is your new book is all aboard the airport train. Um, and that just released this week, right? When did it release? Oh, today's Thursday now, then on Tuesday. So on the, yeah, yeah, on the 6th. So now it's a trilogy. So what is the process in creating the illustrations for these books? Cause like if they're so unique, the illustrations, and they're so interesting to look at. I mean, you know, I, like I was saying before is that, well, we were talking before is that I find the illustration so unique for kind of any age. So I know the, you know, like say the age group is for younger children, but I find with older children I'm working with, love the illustrations and I just, they're just very unique. So I was just curious about what the process was and how you thought of, you know, creating these characters in the books. Oh yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's fun because I, um, this was my first kind of collaboration, uh, not writing the book. Like my first, uh, book was written and illustrated by myself. So, um, 
getting to work with kind of the author and the publisher um, was uh, like a big change, but basically they would supply uh, because the, the text is pretty, I don't want to say light, but it's, it is driven by the illustrations. Um, I was really lucky that, or it continued to be lucky that um, they really let me kind of dictate a, a lot of kind of what happens on each page. So um, the airport train is maybe a good example of kind of how the process generally works in that um, obviously we, we know that it's a train. We know that it's five cars long, but um, essentially I am given on car or in car one, this is kind of the, not the puzzle, but maybe the kind of uh, fundamental elements that we want to focus on, be it like shapes or colors or pattern recognition, things like that. Um, so that is the goal. And then this is kind of the theme of the car. So with the airport train, it's heavily themes. Like there's a music car, there's a, um, a dogs and their owner's car, things like that. Um, but outside of that, it is, it's completely open. So given those kind of two core elements, then I just get to go. Um, and I will then just start with a couple of different sketches, figure out uh, what I want the focal point to be and then and then build off of that. Um, now as far as the character, like the the main character that kind of drives the the narrative through the cars of the train. Um, I guess even before we start with the cars, I will usually start with sketches with that and then send it to the team so that way we can kind of make sure that it's in the right direction. Like the, the first one features a little boy. Um, the second one is Santa being that it's a Christmas train. So the third one we want wanted to have a little girl um, and uh, she's going to camp. So then that dictated kind of part of her outfit and, and so on. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of back and forth, but I have been really lucky that I get to contribute a lot to the illustrations or sorry, to the, like uh, the direction for the illustrations. And also the diversity of the characters is so great. That's oh. the other thing that I love about your book, because I think, you know, working in schools and working with you know, children of all diverse backgrounds, um, you know, just that so many kids can relate to the characters. You know, you have children who have physical disabilities. You have children um, just all different. You know, it's just just very diverse. So I just also want to say that because I think it's relatable for pretty much any child reading the book. Oh yeah, and uh, going back to, I think this was really established in the in the first book because um, because it was a, a, a like a regular kind of public commuting train. We really wanted to show the diversity that you would see on a, like a typical transportation. Um, so that then really kind of established the tone for the ongoing series, which um, I've been really happy with. Like I, I like to be able to contribute to uh, to something that is kind of showing the world the way it is. Um, so I've been, yeah, very lucky. Yeah. And I also want to add that it's so interactive because, you know, it's the type of thing that, you know, when me and my son, we were looking, I think for the ticket in one of the trains. Oh yeah. Um, no. And it was really, it's so it's not only, you know, like finding specific items, um, it's just for those parents out there who are thinking about, you know, getting this book for their children is that there's so many different embedded activities in the book. So there's not just like from a language perspective, um, it's not just about let's say, finding items in the book, but throughout the book, they're saying, you know, asking questions, can you find all the red planes and kind of all these different kind of questions throughout the book. 
that I think could be read over and over again. So not only, let's say, during like a therapy session, like I've used it, where I'm, let's say, asking the kids questions and they're trying to find um, specific pictures. But for me, what I was doing is just getting the kids to comment about which, you know, which character they liked or, you know, there's a really cute picture of a garage. And one of the questions was how many vehicles can you count in the parking garage? So it's also just embedding also some of these academic skills as well, because the kids could also count. So it's not just about engaging with the illustrations. It's how the illustrations and the text kind of come together into this really nice interactive activity. For our children, you know, for children of various ages, because I think children up to me, my son's almost 10 and he loved the book. And so we didn't even finish. We were just doing like one or two trains. Um, <laughs> and, and what's so great too, is that what people don't know, if you don't have the book, is that you open it to a really big train. So it's just really cool. And it's also that you're lifting up these flaps to find, um, various, you know, various pictures within the train. So I think it's just really, really cool. It's a very interesting design as well. Um, so it's not just about the illustrations. It's also about the design of the book that makes it really unique. Um, so I also, so when I went to your website, I mean, you have tons and tons of like, you know, really beautiful illustrations, but also different items for sale as well. And I was just, I saw that you have a card game called Peace. Yeah. Peace game, right? Peace card game. And I was wondering if you could just talk about that a little bit and also any other products that you have that's available on your website as well as like your personalized items. Oh, sure. Yeah. So Peace was a uh, a game built off of or inspired by, um, and it, it essentially functions like either playing one-on-one or with a, a group, um, but essentially a uh, high card wins, but um, with the twist of it kind of being acts of kindness. So um, the uh, the greater the act of kindness, the, the greater you kind of get to kind of claim the the cards. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a fun kind of uh, reversal of the, of the game war being that, um, I don't know, love conquers all and uh, kind of, trying to promote uh, positivity and a general kind of kindness or well-being into the world. Um, and I would say that's probably consistent with a lot of kind of the work, like you said, on my site, um, being that I have a pretty genial nature and and like the the train book and the, well, the whole series of train books, like I, I want to want to make illustrations that are kind of fun um, or kind of like I mean, ideally bring smiles, but uh, at least kind of are jovial or genial enough that um, they kind of leave a good impression. Um, other stuff on my site. So, I mean, like I have a shop that I sell mostly prints um, only because I'm I'm out of Canada and a lot in the States. So uh, shipping is tricky if I get anything beyond kind of flat paper. So from my shop, I have prints. um, And a lot of it is related to pop culture and kind of things that I just like. Um, But uh, other things I have for sale. Yeah, I mean, like, so the Peace Game is available in in, uh, on in like a lot of bookstores um, online. Um, Same with the other kind of books. Uh, what else have I got? Um, I recently did a tiki mug, which is uh, something that's new to me. So uh, it's a yeah, it's like a functional tiki, um, and that's 
available on tikifreak.com. I don't I mean, like I don't mean to specifically plug them, but uh, so that's a that's kind of a fun kind of outlier from the the sorts of projects I get to do. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much me. So what's like, what's your favorite thing to draw? I mean, I'm just curious. It's just a question I have. Like when you're sitting down, like one of your favorite things is it people, is it animals? Is it um, like, or it's just kind of, it just kind of varies depending on what your mood is. Um, I, there's definitely some, uh, there, it varies. Um, but I would say my go-to, I tend to, because I have my partner and I have two cats. Um, I tend to, if I'm just doodling or need to get out of a creative rut, I will start with drawing one of our cats. Um, they are a great source of inspiration. Um, even, even if it's just something uh, or their personality then gets put into a human character. Um, that is, that is usually my starting point. One of our cats, that was, that's my go-to. And I just said, I just, while we're talking, I just wanted to ask you another question. So my daughter loves drawing and doodling and she's very artistic and she, she also loves children's books. And it's one of the things she wanted to be like when she gets older is to illustrate. And so I just, I had a question, like what advice would you give to children who were aspiring artists who wanted to be an illustrator? Like, is there any tips or kind of you know, guidance that you would give them about, uh, you know, just about the whole process? Yeah, I would, I would say uh, a couple of things or, well, I mean, everyone's journey is going to be different, uh, but I would, I would say the things that have helped me the most um, is drawing regularly. Um, so I, I don't want to say draw every day. I think that puts too much pressure on you, um, but I would say draw regularly or draw as often as you can. Um I would then also contradict myself and say, do things that are unrelated to art and drawing, um, because I find uh, even an unrelated activity can inspire something that you then put into your art later. Um, like I, with my family, play a lot of board games and we play Dungeons and Dragons and, and things like that. And that sort of storytelling often kind of comes back to my drawings. Um, so I find the kind of combination of drawing a lot when I'm really inspired and then taking a break helps. Um, and I also, I keep a journal. Um, so at the end of the day, I really just kind of write things that happen during the day. Um, and maybe this is more of a tip or a suggestion for someone who wants to get into writing or into specifically picture books. Um, but I keep a journal. Um, and I found that by documenting kind of things or thoughts that I've had each day, uh, I get more comfortable writing. And I also find that those kind of experiences filter their way into my work. Um, and I end up noticing that. Well, and I mean, Edmund Unravels is a good example. Um, it was inspired by me traveling for school and missing home and kind of reflecting on those feelings. Um, and I don't know if I would have necessarily gotten to that story had I not been kind of documenting the whole process. Uh, so as far as writing, I would definitely say keep a journal um, as often as you can. Um, and then for art, I would say draw as much as you can when you feel inspired and and then take a break and do something else when you're, when you're not. So yeah, that'd be what I'd suggest. And, and did you ever feel kind of like confined by certain, um, uh, some of your ideas as you were growing up in school? Cause you know, like taking our class, sometimes, you know, you have to draw things a certain way or you have to like, you can't, you couldn't have shown your creativity as much when you were younger during like, let's say like school 
kind of art activities. And I was just curious about what that experience was like, because you're very creative, you know, your, your art is very unique. And I know that, you know, some people have had the experience um, growing up where, let's just say you're in an art class and you had to draw things a certain way. I mean, what was that experience like? Or maybe maybe growing up, you had the ability to kind of just be creative in school. Oh, no, I, I definitely um, ran into or I, like I, I would find that if I was taught this is the way you're supposed to do something, then I would do my best to, to try to replicate that um, to varying success. Like sometimes I would say, oh, yes, I really did it. Some Sometimes I, I didn't, um, and I found, or I, I find that when I'm when I'm stuck, or if I'm really, really trying to kind of fit into a certain mold, I will do the best I can to kind of work within that. But then, as a personal project, or for those who are, let's say, um, in an art class and being told you're not supposed to draw something a certain way, I would just do what I need to do for the class uh, and then on my own time uh, do what I would want to do. Like take take what I really wanted to do and then explore that in my own time. Um, because then when you don't have any teachers or any kind of direction dictating what you should or shouldn't be doing, um, that I think is when you really get to explore what you can do as an artist. Um, and then hopefully you can then bring that back to projects where you have a bit uh, or a few more guidelines. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's uncommon to run into uh, someone telling you that that's not the way to do it. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily wrong, but I, I would take it as an opportunity to try something else on your own time. Yeah, I feel like that's really important. Like just what you're saying is really important for parents out there of children who get discouraged sometimes if they'll say they're like, oh, well, I'm not a good artist if I can't do it the way that, you know, that the teacher told me to do it. Um, and, you know, so I think that those are really good tips because for kids just to not get discouraged that, um, you know, to be able to, you know, do what they have to in school, but continue to be creative on the side and, and experiment with, with different you know, doodling and drawing. So, so when you first start your, let's say like your sketching, do you just do that on paper? Do you do it on the computer? Like what's the process in sort of creating your illustrations for books? Uh, um, yeah, I would say most of my sketches start, uh, pencil on paper. Um, only because I've, I've had the most experience with it. Like a, I think maybe a, a younger generation might be comfortable going right to, a, let's say, a drawing tablet only because they've, they may have been drawing on it since they were at a young age. But um, for me, because I've, my history is, is kind of traditional media, I, I tend to start drawing on pencil and paper and then scan it in. Or if I'm feeling rather lazy, just take a photo with my camera and, and email it to myself. Um, but then I will use those sketches uh, to then recreate create the artwork um, and explore colors and maybe texture um, on the computer. Um, so I, I use Photoshop, um, but I, I will do all my artwork digitally um, as far as like the final output. Um, but I also have noticed that like when I, if I try to start digitally, it does, it just never goes quite the same way um, simply because simply because I just don't have the same kind of familiarity with the, with the software, with the hardware. Um, so yeah, start traditionally and then end digitally. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we finish up? 
Uh, well, so to your earlier point, as far as like uh, children getting discouraged with art, um, my partner is an art therapist, uh, and the thing that she kind of uh, will kind of say on and on again uh, is that, like, especially for art therapy, you do not need to be an artist um, to kind of uh, go to or be a part of art therapy. Um, and I really kind of feel that about kind of all facets of art. Like, I mean, if you want to get into uh, illustration as a career, um, then there are some kind of fun fundamentals that you kind of should observe um but as, as far as kind of just like making pictures there's no right or wrong if you want to draw i think just just do it um if you want to paint or if you're using the material in a way that someone is telling you that's not the way to do it don't worry about it um once you kind of get to a point where you get to make the art however you want that is kind of where i think that's where the best stuff comes from so uh yeah i think i think just kind of make pictures. That's, that's what I want as a final takeaway. Yeah. I I love that. I love that. And also just to kind of add, I mean, I've worked with a lot of adults actually during our therapy and I think it's just amazing. I think it's like one of the most, cause it's, it's such a wonderful way to express yourself is through art. Um, and that there is no right or wrong, you know? So yeah, Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It was it was a great conversation. So thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. <laughs>